Hello, Assalamualaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And this is another episode of Ramzan. Hope everybody's uh, had a good one because we're, it's almost over now. It's the last 10 days, which are the most important days, come to think of it. These are the days when you have to sort of try to concentrate as much as you can and focus as much as you can on meditation and prayers and recitations and seclusion, uh, cutting yourself off from the world and trying to create a sort of a retreat, you can say, a meditational retreat. So for everyone who's preparing to sit for Ittakaf, I wish you all the best. May you have the best of it all and may it be blessed for you. May your prayers get listened to and those in Palestine and Kashmir who it seems that it only gets worse during Ramzan because it's weird how the Indians and the uh so-called Israeli authorities seem to think that this is a month where we're not supposed to swear, we're not supposed to fight back, we're not supposed to do anything literally, so this is the best month for them to crush the Muslims. Well, they're actually wrong because even in Ramzan you are allowed to fight back, uh, especially when you're in a war. And if you are faced against oppressors and oppression and invaders and invasion, then Ramzan is not a month where you just forget everything and pretend nothing's happening. You still fight back. So I really, really applaud your courage. And at the moment, the whole world is going through a crisis as it is. At least, even in our country, we've got fifth columnists. Uh, America is trying its level best with Britain to somehow or the other just eliminate Pakistan. So uh, they have enough traitors and sellouts here, you know, who are glad to destroy their own country for money so but it is i don't know if it's worse or not having a foreign government oppress you or having your own government or should i say having foreign spies pretending or disguising to be your own government crushing you don't know which is worse so anyway, uh, we were actually supposed to talk about halal. I mean, there is this thing where now more and more awareness, obviously, of halal is there. But every time uh, I do listen to people explain what halal is, I've noticed that there are a few little but to me very key points that people forget because halal is not just no pork. I mean, I know people usually started with that, but that's because I guess pork, um, as I've discussed in one of my other podcast episodes, is widely and largely used in uh, non-Muslim countries. And we have to be very careful in Muslim countries because when we import items 
especially food items from abroad um, and if they're not for example made in the Middle East or made in Malaysia and if they're imported directly from Europe or America or Thailand or any other such countries then we really really seem to um, not realize that there are some products which we never would have thought of the, uh, you know for example skin products or other products we nobody would in the world would think that you would use um, you know items derived from animals like pork or like pig uh, or lard or gelatin and so things go wrong basically so yes i do understand the emphasis on no pork um but but uh it's not just no pork um as the the second emphasis that uh, now almost everybody in the world knows is that um any other meat that needs to be slaughtered like beef and mutton and i mean how do we slaughter the animals that give us this meat uh is that we have to slaughter them the right way and it's not again just about saying allah akbar um we don't i mean not just saying allah akbar i mean is that's not enough it's the way we slaughter them first of all they should not be slaughtered in front of their other animals but a lot of people still tend to especially butchers um in the market when you go to get chickens and stuff they think that they're you know uh that the, they're not doing it in front of other chickens but they are because you've got a stand filled with the uh, chickens locked in and then you have your table near it and you're you know slaughtering the chickens so although they are they do try to you know but yeah no to me i think that's not really enough you need to make it 100% secluded or away from other animals that is the halal way so number 1 um they should not be too young they should not be too old they should not be diseased they should not be sick they should not be um and again to in order to make sure that they are not sick and not diseased you have to maintain good living conditions true animal cruelty is when you separate a baby from its mother in islam that is haram so for any animal any animal or any bird any insect any any human being any living creature it is haram to separate their babies that still are dependent on their mothers from their mothers so you cannot for example you know there um in uh, america and in europe and stuff there are certain dishes that they make from veal and one of the conditions is that the younger it is the better it is because it's tender but that is not allowed in islam you cannot just take away a very small tender uh, animal just because its meat is going to be succulent you cannot do that you can't kill them so they shouldn't be too young they shouldn't be preferably they shouldn't be female so again you shouldn't slaughter female animals you shouldn't slaughter babies or young ones they have to reach a certain age where they can be considered old enough to be slaughtered then they shouldn't be too old either because again that's not good um um meat wise also it's not good and then again as i said living conditions matter a lot what you feed them and how they live that is all part of the 
halal conditions okay so if you think that you're just stuffing chickens into you know this brutally into into these little little cages or nets and you tie them up together and you think oh it doesn't matter sorry it does matter in islam everything matters okay remember that god is the god that we worship is that god who will take into account something that we have done that is as small as a grain of sand or as he says as small as an atom so hello if god is going to take into account anything that we have said and done that is as small as an atom do you honestly think that these other things will not matter everything matters okay so the way you breed the animals matter the way you keep them matters the way you feed them matters okay what you feed them matters because there is also another thing you need to understand one of the main reasons why uh pork is haram in islam is not i mean there are other reasons but one of the main reasons is also the fact that pigs eat anything and everything that you that they can find okay and it's uh in islam uh there the, the as the holy prophet says you are what you eat so basically whenever we eat something we it affects us so the nature of the animals that we eat affect us as well and this is why we are allowed to eat cows and goats and sheep and chicken and all because of their humility it is mentioned it is clearly mentioned that their humble nature is what will keep us humble because they are essentially herbivores right so when you are a herbivorous animal that means that you are a, you eat plant based food you have a plant based diet and if you suddenly start feeding these herbivores food that is actually okay for carnivores um that's where you go wrong so for example this this for years uh people have been feeding chicken chickens um stuff like other dead chickens and blood and intestines and god knows what and they all mix it together and grind it together and they're like oh look at the chickens they're eating it it's wrong it's haram so that is where your process begins to go wrong and so the chickens that you slaughter it doesn't matter how many times you say allahu akbar that chicken is no longer halal because of what you fed it okay so in islam the whole process of halal begins with what you feed those animals that you're going to slaughter and in what conditions you're keeping them so that they remain healthy and in what conditions you're breeding them okay these things matter in islam this is the whole process that makes the meat that you eventually eat halal okay it's not just that you have to cut the jugular vein and you know uh, let all the blood out and you know uh let them die peacefully and then begin the whole process of cutting them up it's not just that okay it's a whole process beginning from how you breed them what you feed them and their living conditions okay that all 
makes it haram or halal. Which is why I get really worried nowadays because I feel that especially with all the issues that everybody has been raising all over the world, you would think that in Muslim countries they are more careful, but I know for one that in my country they are not careful. And this is why I really do get worried about the the actual status of the meat that I'm eating. Because it, I know that the meat that I'm eating, that I'm taking from normal butchers, for example, um, every day, uh, you know, you would think that there would be a better option. People think they're a better option because they slaughter the animals in front of you. You can see the animals in front of you. You can make sure. But again, the living conditions from which these animals are coming, that is where the things go wrong. That is where problems occur. And that is where you begin to get suspicious. And... Uh, that is actually one of the things that the bigger companies in Pakistan, when they stamp halal on their meat products, on their frozen meat products especially, is they explain that the reason they stamp halal is because they want you to know that they are feeding their poultry just grains, just vegetarian diet, just a proper diet. They're not feeding them any other thing. And that is why they stamp halal. So you get that satisfaction, at least when you buy from them. Um, obviously, now another thing is, yes, the onus is on the person who claims that the food is halal. It's not on the customer. The customer has to ask three times, is this halal? The person will answer, yes, it is halal. Then you will ask the second time, is it halal? The other person will say, yes, it is halal. The third time, that is where there is no excuse left. So when you say, is it halal? And that person responds, yes, it is halal. And it has confirmed to all the conditions of halal meat. Then, and if it still does not conform to all these conditions, and he has lied to you, the onus is on him, not on the customer. So, there is that. But still, I mean, when you become more and more aware of what's going on around you, then you try to be very careful. Now, next, another thing. So, yes, uh, poultry, um, you know, and then uh, mutton, beef, the, this is all halal if all these conditions are met. In no condition is pork halal. Pork is always haram, no matter what the condition. Sometimes, in fact, there was a point when I started thinking that maybe the way we have no choice but to slaughter pigs, that might be another reason why it is haram, because you just cannot slaughter a pig the way you can slaughter a cow or a buffalo or a sheep or goat or chicken. You cannot. The skin is so thick and it's extremely cruel and painful the way uh, pigs get slaughtered and in no way is a cruel form of killing allowed in Islam in any case. So there is also that. Next, seafood. All seafood is halal. Okay, there is no slaughter process for seafood. So, you know, the minute you bring them out of the water, you know, they're kind of dead generally so all seafood is halal right so yeah but there's yeah what a few things that i have learned uh, recently for example as um korean muslims have explained um 
that you know when you ask for halal food in um countries such as korea and china and japan it's not just about uh, seafood or not it's mainly because the sauces that they prepare are usually prepared using pork so they're the foundation of their sauces you know uh, the base the base of their sauces are pork based or beef based so in any case you know you have to be careful so you have to ask them actually if there is pork used in anything in the food and obviously they will tell you honestly that yes it is used beef is used or pork is used and so that is where the problem occurs and so according to them um they say that the best way to ask for halal food or to find out if the food is halal is just ask them is pork used in any of these dishes and they'll tell you and then you'll know that okay this is not halal so even if it's seafood or even if it's you know uh normal noodles or you know which you think is vegetarian so you have to first ask if the sauces base is pork or beef based so that is one thing that recently i found out so i thought that i should add that a bit too and um yeah in china although islam is almost as old as it really is um it has been almost 1400 years or a little over 1400 years since islam was introduced in china and um chinese street food especially is heavily influenced with islamic food um and halal food but again that doesn't mean that the street food that you will find will always be halal but so you should ask in beijing and places bigger cities like that or in cities that are predominantly muslim or in states that are predominantly muslim obviously you wouldn't have a problem finding um halal both in the form of street food as well as in the form of um you know grocery stores or supermarkets or even butchers or restaurants so there is a way to find out um actually you will find more halal options in china if you know where to look as opposed to in korea where it's almost zero except in maybe seoul and where in japan also it's uh, very very minimal so compared to korea and japan um, in china you actually have a lot of options so there is that now coming back to um seafood yeah so all, and now vegetarian so vegan vegetarian it's all halal and as you know that's why when we look for makeup products also thankfully halal makeup is has become very very popular halal nail polishes and makeup because at least now you're free you're mentally free you can now wear because first of all you know animal cruelty in islam is not allowed in any form using animals in makeup just doesn't make any sense to me and i've never actually used makeup luckily very fortunately i've never been interested in makeup so i've hardly ever used it but the fact that animals like whales and dolphins and stuff have been used in makeup products is very sad so 
I would always rather uh, go for halal makeup if ever I have to use it. So um, nail polishes or makeup and stuff. Yes, halal is best because first of all, you know, no animal is used. So it's purely vegetarian or vegan. So, you know, plant-based, mainly water-based. So no alcohol is used. No gelatin is used. You're fine. So there, uh, so... That is why actually the halal makeup industry has a huge industry. And uh, in fact, I'm surprised that it took them so long to begin. Although I guess one could argue it hasn't, um, it, it hasn't been such a new venture. But in a way it is. It is a new venture where the public or general consumers are concerned. It's only been a few years, I think you would say, um, that it has truly, truly hit the market. And it's available to everybody. But yes, um, they are a bit on the expensive side. Um, hopefully, you know, that would, uh, in some cases, they have managed to sort of, you know, make the price a little more affordable and all. And as I said, the market is huge for halal uh, makeup and halal, um, you know, uh, skin products and nail polishes. And that is because, you know, then even the vegans and the vegetarians can use it, you know, without any problem. So the this is basically what we mean by halal. Okay, halal is in Islam it's halal and in Judaism it's kosher. They mean the same thing. Okay, so halal is kosher, and yes, Muslims can eat from a Jewish restaurant because uh, generally the Jews do follow the same conditions imposed on Muslims. So the same conditions on slaughtering uh, meat um, is imposed on Jews as well. And, you know, that's why uh, you can eat kosher. So if you have a problem where you cannot find halal, you can go into a Jewish uh, restaurant where you will find halal food because it's kosher. Kosher is halal and halal is kosher. So there is that. Because I know that many people seem to still have doubts regarding that. No, yeah, um, there is no doubt there. If you cannot find a halal place, but you can find a Jewish restaurant, you can easily go and eat there because their food is also halal. The way they slaughter their animals is the same way we do. The conditions are the same that need to be met. Okay, so if they say it's kosher, it means it's halal. It's as simple as that. And next, what else could we explain as halal? Yeah, so okay, halal would also extend to the usage of leather. Again, any pork-based Leather cannot be used. But yes, other other uh, forms of leather can be used, like cow, cow hide, again, buffaloes, again, sheep, goat, um, you know, snakes, reptiles, alligators. Yes, they can be used on, you know, on your everyday products, like shoes and bags and stuff. But again, not pork, not pig, not lard, nothing. So... Hope that clarifies 
the whole um meaning of halal uh, the definition of halal and understand this that in islam uh, things that are made haram are actually makru we call them makru because it means that they are something that should not be used at all unless it is a life and death situation so if it is a life and death situation and alcohol is the only thing that can save you then yes it can be used similarly pork can be eaten if that is the only thing there and it's a completely life and death situation so it has to be an extreme 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 condition because in islam uh nothing beats the sanctity of life that is also something that one that one needs to understand nothing beats the sanctity of life in islam life is sacred life comes first um so you are not allowed to kill yourself for any reason and you're not allowed to kill anybody else for any reason as the prophet said and this is um a much widely quoted um a hadith of the prophet which nowadays many people try to make their own but the original uh person who ever said this was the prophet muhammad peace be upon him and he said that because this is the islamic rule it's a cardinal rule that if you kill one person you kill the whole humanity if you save one person you save the whole humanity okay so this is the islamic rule this is the islamic law so life is sacred you cannot take any life for no reason and so survival comes first and so to save your life or somebody else's life if there is something that is in a daily routine haram and it's the only option there it can be used to survive okay but generally where we trend, tend to you know say that oh you know alcohol is medicinal then that is not allowed in islam that is haram still and the prophet made it very clear when he was asked about it that in general conditions nothing uh, would give you the excuse to use alcohol for medicinal purposes e- even again it is only used in dire conditions where conditions of life and death are met um you know so where you have a, f- a fatal illness or for example it's in surgery or you know it's a, it's something of the sort but in your daily life no there's there's no excuse it's too cold oh i need some alcohol it's sorry it doesn't work that way or you know let me put some alcohol in my it's okay to have alcohol in my mouthwash yeah no it's not okay mouthwash is not a medicine please get over that already i am quite sick and tired of debating that and i am frankly very surprised that people still think of mouthwash and toothpaste as medicines they're cleaning agents they're cleaning agents okay so they're not medicines and in a muslim country uh when you have locally produced mouthwash that has alcohol then you should be ashamed of yourself that's all i have to say moving on um yeah so i hope i have covered all i think i'm forgetting another key point um but yeah no i think i've generally covered it all so this is all what halal pertains to okay so this is the basically what halal is so halal is something that in normal conditions 
<clears throat> and i mean you know it is something that is always always acceptable regardless of the condition and haram is something that is not acceptable unless in dire conditions okay and we need to understand that if in islam something is declared haram or makruh um it's because it is actually not good for you in the long run so anything that harms you more than it benefits you comes to, into the makruh or the haram part okay um for example drugs drugs are haram alcohol is haram so why is it haram because it actually induces stupor right so it gets you out of your senses you can be very vulnerable other people around you can be very vulnerable and then you're hurting your own body and your mind so there is actually no real benefits of alcohol or drugs but there are a lot of harmful conditions so it's it's very simple in islam anything that harms you more than it benefits you is haram okay you can argue all that you want to uh, but at the end of the day you know that you're wrong no matter how you try to play it out alcohol has been proved to be more harmful to the body than was ever believed and there is a reason why you cannot drive under the influence i mean it's it's common sense so if you cannot even drive under the influence then where where is the where is that you know excuse for putting your body and your mind through such a state or such a condition and also in the long run actually so anything that eventually or it doesn't matter if it's eventual actually or if it's uh, immediately but in any case anything that at the end of the day destroys your body or your mind um that is haram okay so as we know alcohol and drugs uh they damage our organs and they also damage our nerves so our nervous system gets compromised our organs get compromised our whole body breaks down and that is why it is haram so in islam anything that harms you more than it benefits you is automatically haram so i hope that this whole concept of haram and halal is clear do feel free to you know ask me about it um you know and uh, you can also you know like um comment on my youtube because i will post this on youtube as well for those who prefer to go to youtube so you can you know feel free to just put it down in your comment section whatever it is that you need to you know um verify or any questions or any other subject that you think i need to clarify and at the same time um do follow me on instagram as well where i try to post you know uh, as much as i can on other things in detail 
um, because I'm actually not much of a YouTuber. The only reason I use YouTube is to post these episodes. <laughs> so you won't find uh, anything other than my podcast there mostly uh, or some really mini episodes. But um, yeah, um, do follow me on Instagram and that is at Leaping Mind. So yeah, at Leaping Mind, that's my handle and see you all there and again feel free to please dm any questions and i will follow up with it take care everybody um ramzan mubarak and eid is coming up so in advance eid mubarak in case i don't get to make an episode of that and have a blessed month have a blessed year have a blessed life everybody may all your prayers get answered and may you all get that peace that everybody's looking for. Khuda Hafiz.